Okay, we've been talking about Father by God. What have you learned? Last week, listen, if you missed last week's lesson, I pray that you go on the podcast and listen to it <clears throat> because one of the things that we dealt with last week about being fathered by God is in this relationship with God, with the relationship with your Heavenly Father, it has to be done by faith. Thank you, ushers. It has to be done by faith. If you are trying to develop a relationship with God without faith, it's the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please him. Am I right? And I told you last week, Roman numeral two, I said no other relationship, that's week one, uh, no other relationship can be as fulfilling, amen, for to know God as, your fa as our father is to know life as he intended it to be, right? So here's the thing. Uh, you and I must get to this place where, you know, a lot of us think we know God. <laughs> Amen. We may, you know, like, well, I know him. But the question is, do you really know him? Amen. And do you have a relationship with him? And, and, and what is that relationship like? And, and I told you that because our relationship with our earthly fathers have been damaged, amen, we have, a, we have a hard time connecting with our heavenly father, right? Now watch this. There are a lot of people who haven't had a father, right, that they struggle with authority. You know, that's the reason why, you know, people... You know, uh, some people have a problem with authority because they ne or a male figure, right? Because they never had a father, amen, there as an authoritative figure to, to discipline, to guide, to love, to care, right? And at the end of the day, what's, what happens, what's happening is that a lot of us in our relationship with our heavenly father, we have the same distance, amen. We, 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 we shun correction. How does God correct you and guide you now as your heavenly father? How does he do, how does he do that? Anybody know how he does that now? Uh, really? Through the man of God. Come on, somebody. Through the word of God. Sister Hunt was about to say that. Through the man of God, through the word of God. Your pastor becomes that visible representation of what God is or what God wants in your life. That's why he's able to instruct you in the word of God. That's why you can say amen. That's why you can say, you know what, pastor, you know what, that word was right on time for me today because God knows you and God places you under a particular covering and while under that covering, watch this, he instructs you through the word of God. That's why if we're going to deal with issues, we have to deal with it what? Biblically. Are you with me? And so your heavenly father guides you like that. But as I said, no other relationship, right? And last week I told you about having faith. Amen. I want you to go to this passage real quick. Go to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8 and verse 19. We did this last week. Boy, what a great lesson. If you missed that lesson, um, 
Remember, we, we closed out here yesterday, last week, right? Sister, Sister Rose said, man, Jesus was cold. <laughs> he had one thing in mind, his father's business, right? Remember what I preached Sunday? Not my will, God, but what? Not, your, not my kingdom, but what? Your kingdom come. Jesus was so infatuated and in love with his father that he wanted his father's will to be done over everything. And here's the thing. I, I got a question for you tonight. Are you really living to please your father? Your heavenly father. Are you living to please him? Amen. And here's the thing. What does that look like? See? How do you please God? By worshiping him, by living by faith, by walking by faith. But last week I stopped off here and I'll pick back up. It says, and his mother and his brother came to him <clears throat> and they weren't able to what? To get to him because of the what? Crowd. <clears throat> now, Jesus is the only person I know that would preach and to, so the crowd would go away. You know, he would say things to mess them up and they'd be like, man, I don't want to follow him no more. You know, he wasn't like a popular, he was popular, but he would say things that we needed to hear, not the things that we wanted to hear, right? Look what he says. He says, and it was reported to him, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wishing to see you. This is deja vu, man. But he answered and said to them, my mother and my brothers are these who do what? It's another thing I told you last week. That if you're going to be a child of God, not only must you walk by faith, but you must do the work of God. You must obey his word. And as a believer, as a child of God, now here's the thing. You got to decide what kind of child you're going to be. Right? We have to decide what kind of children we're going to be. We're going to be obedient. We're going to walk by faith. But here's the other thing we're going to do. What are we going to do? We're going to obey his word. Watch what he says. He says, my brothers are these who what? Hear the word of God and what? Do it. Now watch this. Can you say you're a child of God now? Amen. Because here's the thing. If you hear the word and you do not apply the word, Jesus said, listen, you, I don't, I don't know you. I, you know, you're not my brother. You're not my mother. You, you, you have no relation to me. And so it's real important that we, we, we make sure, and because I, we, I took you to James last week too, right? James says what? Don't just be a hearer of the word, but a what? A doer of the word. Go to Titus. Real quick. Titus. Um. Chapter 1, the last verse. Amen. The last verse for me. What does it say? Somebody read that for me real quick. Now, here's the thing. If you are a child of God and you are applying the word of God and you are living by faith, right, then your relationship to your father is going to be healthy. Listen, I want the kind of relationship with God that supersedes any other relationship in my life. I want to be like Jesus where he says, hey, you're not my, that, who is my father and mother? The ones who what? Hear my word and the one who what? Does my word, who acts upon what they 
here. Here's the thing. The only way that you and I can change is if we take the word of God, intake the word. See, here's what happens to us. We hear the word, and the moment we leave here, Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, work with me here. Amen. The moment we leave here, what happens, somebody? Come on, tell me what happens. Somebody can tell me what happens. What happens? What happens? Woo! The, the who comes? The devil, right? Amen. He comes, and what does he do? He steals the word from us, right? But we, we can't just blame him we got to blame the kind of soil that we are, the kind of heart that we have, all right? But watch what he says here in Titus chapter 1, verse 16. Watch what he says. They profess homologeos. The word homologeos simply means to speak or to have in one's mind. See, I can know all about God. This is why I want to be fathered by him. I want to know how my daddy operates. I want to know what pleases my daddy. Number one, what pleases him, I got to walk by faith. That's what I said last week. Number two, I must apply his word to my life. And then not only must I apply his word, but my works. Remember we talked about the W's? My works must show who I belong to. Come on, help me tonight. I feel my help coming, y'all. Look what he said. He said, they profess to know God, but by their what? Deeds, they do what? Now, how is that possible? I know God, but my actions, my attitude, my outlook on life, Amen. Because if I really knew God, then I wouldn't trip. Y'all not hearing me. Y'all not hearing me. I, I, I wouldn't be troubled. I wouldn't be, be anxious for anything. I, I would run to his word and when he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, make your requests be known unto God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I can hold on to a promise like that and say, man, my God's got me. Amen. Amen. But watch what he says. He says they profess. This, this scripture has had a profound impact on me to understand and to realize that some of us are professing. We got it in our mind, but we're not living. See, and that's the reason why life looks like this. It looks like a, you know, you're up and down, you're up and down, you feel good one day, you feel bad the other day. You know what I mean? Listen, we all have up and downs in life. But if you are living with a, a healthy relationship with your Father in heaven who has all control in his hands... He can orchestrate some things in your life and bring you to a place where you can get your breakthrough. Are you with me? Watch the text. The text says, but by their deeds they deny him. Being what? Detestable and what? Disobedient and worthless for what? Any good deed. In other words, he says, everything you've done didn't really matter. Now, I don't want that to be my story. 
that one day, that one day when I stand before him, everything I've done was worthless because I knew about him, but I never acted upon what he, watch this, showed me. I have to live a certain way. Amen. Glorifying the Father, right? Now, before I get all over the place here, go to, uh, let's, let's, let's look at this because I want to look at this right quick. Go to Matthew for me. Matthew chapter uh, 13 and verse 18. Matthew 13, 18. Let's go there for a second. Matthew 13, 18. Everybody doing good today? Y'all good? Y'all real quiet. We listening, Pastor. We listening. Matthew 13 and verse 18. Every now and then it's good to say Amen. All right, hear then now, hear then the parable of the what? Sower. Now, now I want to show you something that's really powerful. As a child of God, living within a relationship with your father, you become what I call a target. Satan, listen, I, I, you remember I said something on Sunday? I said on Sunday, I took you to, you know, I exhorted you before I preached. I said that, that I took you to Ephesians and I said, listen, I said that the adversary, listen, every word that comes out of my mouth, pay attention. Because it'll come to pass. I said, be careful. The adversary, the devil, he's looking for somebody to devour. You follow what I'm saying? I, gotten devoured. <laughs> I'm like, dang, how do you get me today? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like, man, you know. But, but see, when you hear the word, it is such a delicate thing because Satan wants you to lose focus. So watch what he does. Watch this. Hear then the parable of the who, the sower, right? When anyone, what? Right now, you're in a battle. <laughs> you know what? There's a civil war going on in your mind. There's, there's something in your mind going through that. Man, I, I hear what he said. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're in and out. You got to be careful. Listen, when you come to hear the word, come with a clear mind. You know why? Because the enemy wants to steal from you. Look what he says. He says, he says, Hear then the parable of the soul. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not what? Now, here's the thing. We are in a church where if you don't understand, it's not going to be because you didn't have somebody to explain it. Come on, somebody. Because you have someone who can explain the word. Pastor, explain that to me right quick. So, so here's the thing. So now it's time for you and I to say, you know what? I need to start asking me some questions. Look what he says. Because if you walk out of here tonight saying, I don't even know what he talked about, then look what happens. Somebody read that. And when anyone hears the word 
Notice where the word is being sown tonight. In your heart, right? He says, if anyone hears the word and doesn't understand it, what happens? The evil one. I mean, listen, there is a battle going on right now for your relationship with your father. And I want to say something tonight. We have some casualties of war. We have some POWs. We got some people that being, amen, attacked by the enemy because guess what? The enemy wants to steal from you. You can't let him take it from you. Put up a fight. Don't just let him snatch it from you. If you don't understand, excuse me, what does that mean? Tell me what that means. If I don't understand the word, I ought to get understanding. And then here's the other thing. You can ask the Holy Spirit to give you illumination of the passage so that you can understand the word of God. Are you with me? Look what he says. He said, the one who comes and evil one comes and snatches away the word that was sown in his heart. This is the one who was sown by the what? Besides the road. You got the seed that was sown beside the road. You got to decide, are you that kind of hearer where you're like beside the road? Are you with me? That you, you, know, you know what beside the road kind of listener is? Okay, the person that's listening, but they ain't really listening. As a matter of fact, don't even, they don't even want understanding. And if you're going to have a relationship with your father, it's real important that you understand the word and you have to make sure that you are on the alert, paying attention to when the enemy is trying to steal the word from you. Why would he want to steal the word from you? That's, that's a good question, right? Why would he even want to do that? Because he knows that the word transforms you. I can say a lot of things here tonight that you're going to get your breakthrough and your blessing and you're going to the next level and all that kind of stuff. That ain't going to help you. You know what's going to help you? The word. The word is what changes us. The word is what draws us closer to our father so we can fulfill this relationship that we have with him. Are you with me? Watch the text. The text says... Verse 20, it says, now the one who, whom seed was sown on what? Rocky places. This is the man who hears the word and watch this. He immediately receives it with what? Amen. Pastor, preach, Pastor. Woo. Preach, Pastor. Yeah, man. Woo. Amen. Hallelujah. Joy. I get, you, ever, you ever hear a word and you get some joy in you? You, you probably say, now watch this. So, so when I read this, and I've taught this many times, but, but each time I look at it, I see something different, right? Satan wants us to remain, you ready for this? Ignorant. And here's what else he wants us to do. Remain joyless. He doesn't want us to have no joy tonight. He wants you to sit in your problems and have a pity party and nobody's showing up. Are you with, you ever notice about the pity party, only you show up? Yeah. Amen. Ain't nobody showing up to that? Yeah, yeah. Amen. Look what he says. He says, he says, 
He says, and, and listen, he says, and, and he receives the word with joy, verse 21, yet he has no firm what? Root in himself, but is only what? Temporary. temporary. And when affliction, see, see why I say it was satanic? Who brings affliction? Who brings persecution? But watch this. Here's what I want to say to you. Because of what you're learning here at this church, you will be persecuted for it. But thanks be to God that you have a father. Oh, come on, somebody. Who's in heaven? As you grow in the word of God, as you get stronger in God's word, he says, and it is temporary because this is what happens to us. We hear the word, we get joy, and from the moment affliction and persecution arises, watch this, immediately, what does he do? I ain't going to church no more. Forget church. Ain't that something? The first thing that we put out of our diet is church. Now, let me say something to you. I ain't going to say that. <laughs> Amen. Just as much as you want to leave, God can replace you. Hello, somebody. That's real talk. He sure can. So we're not doing God any favors when we hold back, when we say, I ain't going today. And, you know, I mean, guess what? God always got a ram in the bush. But if you allow your persecution and your affliction to stop you, then you've gotten got. <laughs> That's Ebonics. That's Ebonics. That's, that was Ebonics right there. You got got by the enemy. And then here's the thing. And then you got to save face and go before God and pray. And you got to ask him for stuff. Listen, we're, we're a strange kind of people, you know. We, we will turn our backs on God and then in the next breath ask God to help us. Hello, somebody. But, but well, I love what Titus says. Titus says, by their deeds they have denied me. But here's the thing. When you hear the word, you get ready for the evil one and get ready for affliction and persecution. And once you pass the beginning stages of that, you're going to win. But you got to make sure your soil, stop hanging around by the roadside. Get involved in your father's house. Come on, somebody. Find your place and serve him. Are you with me? Let the word take root inside. Listen, you got to make the word go down inside of you so that when Satan starts persecuting you, you can stand firm in your faith and resist him. Amen. These are things that God has given us as children of God. I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. Look at verse, look what happens. After he hears this, immediately he what? Isn't that something? Sometimes our joy is so temporary. Don't you, don't you, payday. We got joy. Boy, payday joy is some kind of joy, boy. I talked about that at the at, at, at the revival last week. Penny joys. Woo, we got cheesy joy. You know what I mean? 
But right after payday, we ain't got no joy. Because we done paid them bills. <laughs> Amen. And, and here's the thing. When you leave here on, on, on Sunday, you got to stop letting Satan rob you. When you leave here on Tuesday night, you should leave here with a smile on your face. You shouldn't look like you swallowed a pickle or something. Or drank pickle juice. <laughs> Y'all ain't trying to. Or you sucked on a lemon. You know what I mean? You leave here. What, what, did you just come did you just go to church? If you just got to church looking like that, I don't want to, what church is that? I ain't going to that church. <laughs> he says affliction and what? Persecution arises because of the what? That tells you how cold the word is. Satan doesn't want you to understand it. So he brings about what? He gives you a temporary joy. Not a lasting joy from the word of God. But watch what it says here in verse 22. And the one whom seed was sown among the what? Thorns. This is the man or woman who hears the word and what? Come on, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. Let me see, let me see if we can read this together, right? We're going to read it together. Everybody got their Bible? Look at your Bible for me. Look at your Bible. Look at your Bible. What does it say? Let's say it together. And the what? Of the what? And what? Choke. I mean, wow. You came to church to hear a word, but you're thinking about, man, I got to pay these bills. You're thinking about, man, I'm, I'm struggling right now. Here's the thing. That's, that's satanic. Satan got you. He got your mind. And if you're not careful, you will come in and watch this. Watch what it says. It says, and the worry of the world. Don't let the world in your mind. And the deceitfulness of wealth Choke the word out, and it becomes what? Unfruitful. There are so many of us that are so stuck right now. We're stuck. We're stuck. We're not bearing fruit because we're worried about so many things. Worry about wealth. Worry about money. Listen, God's going to take care of you. I told you last week, you got to walk by faith. If you're going to please your father, you got to do it by faith. Faith is all he's going to take. You ever notice you can't give anything to God? But if you walk by faith, you can please him. So watch what he says. He says, and the one whom seed was sown on what? Good soil. This is the man who hears the word. And what does he do? He does what? He understands the word who indeed what? Bears fruit and brings forth somewhat hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Now, you know what he's talking about there? Being fruitful. When you are growing in a relationship with your father, you are a fruitful saint. Yeah. 
In other words, your words, the fruit of your mouth, fruit of your lips, the fruit of your mind. Uh, you know, you can serve God without any restrictions. You can, you know what I mean? You can, you can hear the word. You can understand. Oh, man, I see what pastor's saying. Okay, I got, listen, you're not going to get it in one sermon. That's why we got the podcast. I got a guy that called me the other day. He said, Pastor, I already listened to all your messages. And that's in two weeks. He said, every day I listen to Every single day I listen to one. You know what he's doing? He's sounding down the word in his heart. And guess what? It's producing fruit in his life. Amen? So it's real important that we do that, all right? So, so here's the question, the, the, the Roman, numeral, Roman numeral three. Uh, what does it mean to be God's child? That's a good question, right? So without, a, without our father, we are orphans. A fatherless child has no name. Hello, somebody. No identity. I found myself in an orphanage when I was younger. Had no identity. Had no name. Come on, somebody. Had no purpose. Felt as if I was lost. Right? Look what it says. It says, no identity, no rights. Whatever they told me to do, they told me when to go to bed, when to get up, when to leave, when to come back home. I had no rights. Oh, I don't think you're hearing me. And if you're not a child of God tonight, now here's the thing. Now, you can tell whether you're a child of God because you can tell as a child of God because when you are a child of God, you can walk in the Spirit. You can read God's Word. You can worship Him freely. You can walk by faith. You can hear the word and, and understand the word and bring forth fruit. But if you're not a child of God, then that's impossible for you to do. See? Watch this. He has no rights, no inheritance. He has to carve out what? An existence, an identity that's what most of us have been trying to do all of our lives because our daddy was not there to validate us and give us, you know, that validation of our identity. That, yes, son, you can do it. Amen. An orphan has to succeed on his own, make his own way in life, fend for himself, and gain approval through his own actions. See, that's what being, being fatherless is all about. But God says, I'm your father. And I love you, but you got to walk by faith. You got to stop letting the enemy rob you of the word. And listen, it's time now for you to grow in this relationship because I love you. See? That's what he's saying to you tonight. Go to John 3, 1 for me. John 3, 1. What does it mean to be a child of God? 
Now, there was a man of the Pharisees. Named Nicodemus, a ruler of Jews, of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher. For no one can do these signs that you do. Unless what? God is what? With him. Now Nicodemus was a, the leading teacher of the day. As a matter of fact, he was well known. The reason he came by night because he didn't want people to think that he didn't know anything. You see, that's the reason why he came to Jesus by night because, you know, he's like, he's supposed to be the leading teacher of the day. He should, listen, he should have known all about Jesus because he was versed in the law. But here's the thing. I believe that a lot of us can read the word. We can hear the word. But if we don't have what? Understanding of the word. And we have to act. We have to listen. We got to pray, God, let not the evil one snatch this from me. Watch this. It said, Jesus answered and said to him, truly, truly, I say to you. Un, now watch this. He says, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see. Listen, I want to say this. Don't take your salvation for granted. You know why I say that? Because if you read this book, which I'm going to teach eventually here, but I'm going to teach this at the seminary. This book lays it out that not all of us are saved. See, we may think that we're saved. It's called God Has a Wonderful Plan for Your Life by Ray Comfort. I have a digital copy of it. But I want to tell you something. That book right there, it ain't nothing nice. It helps you to get real with you to say, okay, Am I truly part of the kingdom of God? Because here's the thing. If my deeds are not lining up with my words, amen, then I'm not really saved. These are things that you got to understand. Here's the thing. Is God only good when you're going through Is he, is he not good all the time, right? But isn't it amazing that when we're going through how we give less devotion to him? We shrink back. We get into our own feelings. We get into our own stuff. And guess what we do? We deny him by our works. Because our words and our deeds are not matching up. I love him, but I won't serve him. Amen. Nicodemus said, hold on, Jesus said, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 4, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born again when he's old? He cannot enter a second time into the, his mother's womb and be born again, can he? 
Jesus answered and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter a man. The what? The kingdom of God. Now he asked him, what, would, what did he ask him? He asked him, how can you do all these signs unless God is with him, right? Jesus talked to him about the main issue. Nicodemus, I know you came inquiring to me, but the only way that you can be part of God's kingdom, knows he said kingdom of God twice. The only way that you can be part of the kingdom of God is if you are born again. What does it mean to be born again? Well, the first thing you have to do in order to be born again, saints, and in order to get into this family, what's the first thing you got to do? Let me see how many scholars we got in here. What do you have to do to be born again? Huh? Say it one more time. Confess. Accept Jesus. I, 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 I don't want to go with that. Y'all just read chapter four. Come on, y'all. That, that's it. You got to do what? Admit that you're what? A sinner. See, I can accept the Lord Jesus Christ, but why am I accepting the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, I have to first see myself as a what? As a sinner needing the Lord Jesus Christ Amen. To forgive me of my sins or else I may accept him just because you told me to. Hello, somebody. And my conversion then becomes false. And then watch this. And then from that day to this day, I see no works accompanying. Come on, somebody. Your conversion. See, we got to call right, right and wrong, wrong. He says you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. you got to see yourself as what? A sinner. Look at verse 4. Nicodemus said to him, how could a man be born again? He cannot enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born again, can he? Now, let me tell you what is happening here. See, when I'm talking spiritual, you got to be on the same page with me. <laughs> and sometimes I'm talking spiritual and some of us are, are, are thinking secular. Oh, I wish I had you. See, he was thinking in the natural. Jesus was talking in the what? Supernatural. Jesus was saying, hey, man, you got to be born. He's like, hold on, man. It goes to show you the thought pattern of the Pharisees. They always thought secular rather than spiritual. And if our thinking are not, is not spiritual, so when you're hearing the word tonight, I want you to take it and say, okay, that has spiritual meaning. Amen. He's not really calling me dumb. He's just not, you know. No, I'm just playing. Look what he said. Look what he said. Look what he says here in verse 5. Jesus answered, um, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of what? Water and the spirit, he can't enter the kingdom of God, right? Verse 6, that which is born... Come on, somebody. That which is born, what? Of the flesh is what? Now, 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 and that which is born of the spirit is what? See, it was Jesus who first declared that spiritual rebirth was an absolute necessity for entering 
the kingdom of God. Amen? Now watch this. Whatever is born of the flesh is of the flesh. Now, now watch this. What, 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 what things are born of the flesh? What are the deeds of the flesh? Notice, I didn't say the fruits. Anger, jealousy, strife, bitterness. The Bible says the th- deeds of the flesh are evident. Right? And whatever is born of the flesh will die. If you create an opportunity or situation in your life from the flesh, it will die eventually because the flesh can only survive for so long. Come on, somebody. If you don't build your relationship with God on the spirit, amen, but if you're basing it on works, hello, somebody, works can't get you in the heaven. And just because you act right every now and then doesn't mean, amen, you're going to heaven. You got to be what? Born again, right? Watch this now. Watch what he says now. He says to verse 7, do not be what? Amazed that I said to you that you must be born again. The wind blow where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it's going. So every soul is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So in other words, he's saying we don't know who. Amen. But God will present the opportunity. This brings me to the doctrine of election. Not everybody is elected to be saved. God wishes that all would be saved. But it's only the elect who will Come to him and be his child. Now watch this now. You're saved, I hope. So that means before the foundation of the world, God knew the day that you would give your life to him. But there's somebody that died last night. They weren't elected. And they have to spend eternity in hell. Now watch this. Just because they were not elected doesn't mean they weren't given the opportunity to accept him. They, were, they, they had been given the opportunity many times throughout their life. Amen. We went to the, uh, to, to the, to the brotherhood thing on, on Saturday and a guy was sitting right here and Deacon James was teaching he got so upset, he picked up his stuff and he just walked away. <laughs> you know what I mean, on the table right there. I mean, he just got mad. He kept hearing him say, God and Jesus. He's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? He missed an opportunity. He missed an opportunity to hear the word. You see what I'm saying? So, so we should, you know what we should be doing? We should be rejoicing tonight. I don't think you're here, man. I, I'm going to say it one more time. We should have a joy on the inside of us right now that thanks be to God that you selected me, that you elected me so that I can be saved and be part of your family. But if the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches, amen, and persecution arises and it chokes out the word, then you can't have no joy tonight, y'all. 
so when you come to Bible study, it's real important that you come prepared to get your cup filled so that you can have some overflow and make sure you got a saucer at the bottom. You understand what I'm saying? So that when the cup gets filled and it overflows, you can sip out the saucer, amen. You can get the little drippings off the side because we have been elected by God. Thank you, Jesus. Now you say, well, how do we know who's elected? We don't know. That's why we have to witness to everybody. That's the beauty of election. We don't know who. Listen, I finished chapter one of my book. Praise God. And I'm on chapter two right now. I should be finished with chapter two by the end of this week. Amen. And I'm moving. I'm, I'm on a fast train now because I have to get this book published. Amen. In two months, I have to get it done. Right? My editor is doing the work and she's doing a great job. She just brought me chapter one, edited and, and as I look over my life, y'all, you will read the account of me worshiping idols. The, and, and I give a description of each idol. How some of them, you know, in the Hindu faith, your, your guru is your God. You go to him for salvation. He saves you. He's like the pastor. The real life pastor. And, and, and you follow him and you give up everything for him. And I thank God that he saved me out of that. I was elected, but I went the wrong way. You follow what I'm saying? And then, and then God had to make a reroute for me. You follow what I'm saying? That's why I'm so excited about Jesus. That's why I'm so on fire for him. Amen. I still got my zeal from the day that I accepted him because guess what? I know now that I have a father. I know that he loves me. I know that a man can't bring my salvation. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you something. In the Hindu faith, what they do is they worship the ground that the guru walks on. They even get the dust. When he walks on the dust, they take the dust and they put it on their head because they think that he is the one that saves them and sends them to heaven. Amen. Isn't that deep? And then not only the guru, but then you have all the other gods. There's over a million gods. And, and here's the thing, what I, what I give God glory for is the fact that he brought me out. I cannot serve anybody else because when you, listen, and it, it, you know, some people, well, how do you get involved with that? They have a magnetism, a draw, a demonic draw that causes you to give up your family, your friends, Amen. It, it causes you to be so consumed, it's called reaching total con unconsciousness. It's like you're walking in this body. That's what happened to me. I was walking in this body, but I wasn't in this body. Oh, I wish I had somebody. And to stand here today and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't think y'all hearing me. I don't think y'all hearing me. Amen. To me, 
I'm going to give God glory every time. I'm going to tell him thank you for all that you've done. Why? Because I should have been dead and going to hell. But God, nobody but Jesus. Are y'all with me? So pray for me, okay? Amen, amen. Look what it says. Uh, Nicodemus said what? See, this is how it was when I wasn't saved. You're right? you know what I'm saying? Well, how can you be born? Well, explain that to me. How can you be born? That, that's not logical, right? He's thinking, you know, he's like, how do you as a man be born again? Oh, what is he talking about? Verse 9, Nicodemus said to him, how could these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, you are, watch, watch this, the teacher of the Israel. You know what he was telling him? Man, you're supposed to know all this. You see what I'm saying? And so this, you know what that tells me? There are a lot of people who can teach this thing. What'd you say, man? They don't know it. Not only do they don't know it, they don't live it. See, the key thing to this is you got to live it. See, see, here's the thing. When stuff come up in your life, you got to go to the word. You got to go to the manual. God, what now? Now, the devil done got me today. Let me see. Let me listen to a word. Let me hear what my pastor said on Sunday. What did he say on Sunday? He said, pray. He said, pray a certain way, though. Did he say that? So if I'm listening to the message again, guess what's going to happen? It's going to go down inside of me and get a better understanding of it. Are you with me? Jesus answered and said, you're the teacher of the law and you don't understand these things? Verse 11, truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen and you do not what? Accept our what? Testimony. Verse 12, if I told you what? You know what? You know what? I want to say this. I don't, I just let me just say this. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Some people just don't get it. They just. I mean, just, walk by faith. Pray. Read your word. Why are you still struggling? Listen, stuff going to come up in your life. This life does not mean an absence of problems. You heard what he just said? When you hear the word, persecution comes because of the word. So you mean to tell me every time I come to Bible study, there's a fight? When I get up on Sunday morning, you ever had them Sunday morning, there's a fight? Get up. I'm leaving you. <laughs> if I say, I just, I ain't going today. I ain't pointing no fingers or calling no names tonight. Amen. <laughs> I ain't called no names. No, I'm not going to. Oh, no, I'm just sorry. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> oh, no, no. Herd's here. Herd, herd. Sometimes you don't be here on Saturday. <laughs> You be hanging out with them old women on I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, shucks. Amen. Right? He, he said, we speak of things what? We speak of things what? He said, if I told you earthly things, right? You don't believe. 
So, so the question is, and here's what it all boils down to, y'all. Do you really, really, seriously, you got to hear me, y'all. Do you really, 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 really believe? Because not to believe is pride. It means that you won't trust God. And when you choose not to trust God, that's prideful because you're saying God's not qualified to handle it. Amen. If, if my God will supply all my needs, it's funny, those are all the scriptures we know. We can quote all the positive affirmations of scripture. You know what I mean? All the positive things. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm, by his stripes, I'm healed. You know what I mean? But when it comes down to nitty gritty, you know, getting down to character, amen, getting down to your conduct, amen, getting down to your speech, Getting down to you tithing. Oh, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Did I say that? Earthly things. We got a problem with that, y'all. We got to ask God to help us because he's our father, right? Look what he says. He says, he says, will you believe heavenly things? Look what he says in verse 3. He says, no one has ascended into heaven but he who descended from heaven, the son of man. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness... Even so must the Son of Man be what? Lifted up. Watch this. For whosoever believes, there it is, will in him have what? Eternal life. So Jesus talked about his death, but then he talked about your benefit of his death. That you will have what? Eternal life. You know what eternal life is? It's forever. <laughs> Hello. And here's the thing, you may live for now, but remember, everything of the flesh will what? Die. And eventually, we will also. <laughs> Amen. And so, verse 16 says what? For God. There it is. That, that, now you see the context. It makes a lot of sense now, right? The context of this passage is pretty powerful, right? Now he says, for God so what? Love the world. That he did what? He gave, amen, Christ laid down his life as the only, as a sacrifice for our sins. He loved the word that he gave his only begotten son, watch this, that whosoever, you ever notice from verse 15 to verse 16, believe came up. That you got to what? Believe. That's how you become what? A child of God. That's what it means to be God's child. That you what? born again, believes in me, shall not perish, but what? Have what? Everlasting life. Verse 17, for God did not send the Son into the world to judge. See, God doesn't judge. See, Jesus didn't, Jesus said, I didn't come to judge you. You know why he didn't come to judge us? Because he already knows we were sinful. Hello, somebody. And so why would you judge something that you know is already condemned? So what do, what's that, what, this is, this is why I love him so. You know why? Because he gave me exactly what I needed. He didn't come to judge me, he came to save me. And, and watch it, and in saving me, I became part of the family. 
I'm no longer an orphan. I'm no longer a child with no name. Come on, somebody. I'm no longer a child with no identity. I'm no longer a child with no rights and no inheritance. I have these things because God so loved the world. See, see, that's the difference in election. See, here's the thing. He loved the world. And he gives every man, every boy, every child the opportunity to accept him. You have to make that choice. Are you with me? Look what he says here. He says, he says, he says, he sent his son to the world, not to judge the world, but that the world might be what? Saved. What? Through him. Is that something? Is that something? Look what he says in verse 18. He who believes in him. Oh, thank you, Lord. You can judge me all you want. You can have all your opinions. I've been declared not guilty. Thank you. You know, if God was to convict me for all the things I've done, in worshiping those idols and you know I was born into it so you know it's not you know it's not something that I chose it's something that was brought to me but if he was I was elected I just didn't receive it I just didn't the path was because if I wasn't elected I wouldn't accept him when the message came to me I would have rejected it you follow what I'm saying and here's the thing here's a here's a dangerous thing about it Every time I came close to accepting Christ throughout my life, Satan sent a counterfeit. Every time. Every time he sent another counterfeit for me to believe in. Something else to believe in. Until finally, even when we went to the church that wasn't the church. Amen. The church where the demons were there. I mean, they were there. You walk into the church and the demonic activity was crazy. It was in there. The forces of evil were there. And then the next Sunday they said, you know what, let's take him to this other church. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to go to church no more. Not the way I acted in that church. See, Satan then was trying at that very moment to kill me, to keep me from the truth. But I thank God that that morning I woke up and I was determined. I said, okay, let's go. See, for God so loved the world. He gave his only. And here's another thing I'm not ashamed of what? Here's what I'm not ashamed of, my testimony. You know what? My testimony is my best defense. When people say to me, why are you so crazy about God? My defense is... You ain't, you ain't nothing. My defense is, I taught you how to tell your testimony. Tell your story. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Sister Hunt put her hand in the back just now and said, oh, you know what I mean? She was ashamed of her testimony. No, I'm just playing. I'm just messing. Don't be ashamed, baby. That's the story. That's the way the Lord wanted it written. Amen. I like verse 18. He says, he who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe in him, he, he, no, I'm sorry, he who does not believe has been what? Judged already. 
Because he has not believed in the name of the what? That's all you got to do. That's, that seems very easy. But that's very difficult for some people to do. Because they're not willing to deny ourselves. You know what? We're very complex people, y'all. It's for some reason Christians become so caught up in the web of complexity after they get saved that if they stayed with the simplicity of the gospel and the word of God, we can live this thing out. Was it hard for me? Yes. Am I persecuted? Yes. Am I lied on? Yes. Am I talked about? Yes. Do I suffer with doubt sometimes? Do I get down sometimes? Absolutely yes. But I know who my daddy is. And what I always say is this. I say, Lord, this is what kept me for a long time. You didn't bring me this far to leave me now. I don't know a father out there that would lead their children astray. I don't know a father out there. Now, I know my mom did it to me, but guess what? Amen. She didn't know what she was doing. But here's the thing. When you trust in Jesus, you know, the world has a lot for you, to, has a lot to offer you, but here's the thing. At some point, it's going to play out. And it does play out. But this relationship that we have with him has to be one that we build on. Are you with me? One more scripture here. Amen. In, in, in Roman numeral 3, go to John, uh, 1 John 3, 1. Ah, you know what? Yeah, let's go there. 1 John, you know what that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody say in the back. <laughs> really? First. <laughs> 1 John 3. Is that John? It's the same John. Oh, come on, somebody. Woo! I'm leaving you right here, okay? See how great. I don't know, I don't know about you, but. I've broken down the last three days a couple times writing this book, writing this chapter because I realize I don't deserve the love that he has given me. I was taught to hate. I was taught to disconnect. I was taught to be about me. See, that's all the cult does. But, but I say this to you. The love that I have from God, I can't even explain it. I feel love. I can love now. I can love those who persecute me. I can love people that talk about me and lie on me and all this other stuff. I can do all that now because I've experienced true love from my father. 
The text says, see how great a love. Y'all ain't hearing me. The Father has bestowed on us. Watch this now. I'm leaving you right here. That we would be called. Oh, I wish I had you. Why would God take a sinner like me and call me a child of God? That to me is amazing. And if you were to chronicle your life, and if you were to look into your own life, you would see that you don't deserve anything that he's given you. We've gotten comfortable. We've gotten careless. But we've forgotten something. We didn't deserve any of it. I don't deserve any of it. I know this. And it's kind of like you ever, you ever get something that you didn't expect and you kind of like, you know, like heard when he get that little extra money in his bank, he had to call the bank, call the job and say, hold on, did y'all make a mistake? That's how I got to do with God sometimes. I say, hold on, did you make a mistake? Did you make a mistake? Did you, did you, hold on a second. Are you sure this is mine? Right here, amen. Is, is this really mine? Is this really the love that you show me? Listen, he said, so that I would be called what? A children of God. Now watch the rest of this text. For such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know who? Him. Beloved, now we are what? Come on, somebody. Children of God, and it has not appeared yet what we will be. See, you're, listen, here's what happens to a lot of people. They don't finish the process. They don't finish the, 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 the they don't complete it. They, they, they start well, but they don't finish well. And they are an incomplete work. Just because God blessed you with a better job. Just because God gave you a bigger house. Just because God gave you some money in your bank account. Just because God elevated you to another level. Amen. That's not it. That's not the sum total of what you are to become. You know what we ought to become? Mature. Sold out for the master. Serving him with everything we have. Listen, no matter what the enemy tries to do, you give him your all. Watch this. He says, we may not appear yet what we shall be, but we know that when he appears. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We will be what? Like him. Because we will see him. Just as he is. You know what that means? You know what that passage is alluding to? 
the day that we rapture up. Listen, here's the question. If he comes back right now, how many of you are going to be left behind? How many of you will be right here? Will you be caught up to meet the Lord in the air? Now, what's the qualification for that? Accept him as your Lord and Savior. And then, watch this, live an obedient life. Live a life that your words and your deeds are lining up. You follow what I'm saying? That, that listen, no matter what happens, you're going to press on. And everyone who has this hope, see, this is the hope we should be living with. As children of God, we should be thinking today, here's, here's the phrase, perhaps today. Perhaps today he may crack the sky. The Bible says we will hear a loud sound. A trumpet will blow. If you ain't hearing no trumpet, then uh, we'll holler at you later. And don't think that you got time to get it together. Tonight may be your night. You may not see the rapture, but you may see death. And so that, for that reason, my Father has given me everything I need so I can have eternal life. As I close tonight, I want to say this to you. Don't take for granted what God has done for you.